This is a Hive Mind Studio production. Hey folks, so you may notice this episode literally picks up right in the middle of a conversation. Don't worry, you are not going crazy. Uh, This is the second part of a two-part episode in which we are discussing the anecdotes and stories we have from various role-playing games. If you are completely confused, just take a step back to the episode before this, listen and enjoy that insanity, and then continue on safe in the fact that no, you're not insane, we are. I remember what I was going to talk about. So we're, we, we did a stride game run by a good friend of ours. Um, and they f- James found a staff of animals. Oh, God. And a staff of the peasant. Oh, God. Okay, yeah. So what that did, you know where we're going with yep, this. Yep, I do. We're, so what happened was me and James were vampire brothers, or half uh, Daphne. Vampires. Yeah, the half vampire brothers. And so we decided that we needed a steady supply of food. And so James goes, cool, I get these chickens to follow me. And every day they follow his command and he just has to recast it every day. And it charges enough to where he... And I made a huge deal about how, all right, guys, these are not pets. This is a food source. He did the dad thing. I did the... Yes, I did. I I 100% did. So by the next session... How long did that last? One session. (laughs) I think by the end of the session, I was no, attached yeah, you're to right. same yeah. session. <laughs> yeah, same session. He ended up naming all of them. Um, they all had names, personalities by the end I would of like it. to point out, this was not my fault. Beck was running that game, and they are a phenomenal DM. Yes, they are. And as soon as I charmed these chickens and decided that they were like food, not friends. They gave them personalities, They started they? giving them personalities. <laughs> and if it has a personality, I'm going to name it, and I'm going to try to be friends with like, it. Didn't you have That's a com- my nature. Like, like, wasn't one of them a commando chicken or something, like going on special op missions? Oh, yeah. Or- Fane. Fane, that that's it. Fane, the, the dark something or other. I mean, it, was, it, was, it was my emo chicken. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, and it, it, we just had a whole army of chickens that followed us around. And you know, here we are. We we were brooding. We were brooding. We um we were had a s- is is the pun intended with chickens and brooding yes, there? Yes. I mean, no, yes. no, not at all. I'm not that smart. But um, <laughs> so um, like me and James's characters was this backstory was our mother uh was kidnapped by our father who disappeared on us who was a vampire. And um, do we ever find out who our dad was? I don't remember. No, no, we haven't. We need to. We got it. We got a season two coming well, up. Well, yeah, that. we also have a chicken one shot that we've been promised. Oh yeah, yeah. Hey, we need to cash in on that. Yes. Oh. So um, where we play the chickens. That's awesome. Um, but our um, mother was kidnapped, and I was a vengeance paladin, and you were a cleric. cleric. I, I don't remember cleric. what the cleric was. Basically, we were vengeance. I think I was a life cleric or something. Mm-hmm. My whole character was built around supporting yeah. your guy. <laughs> yeah. That's so awesome. we were we were basically it was Batman and Robin. That's all. One hundred percent. That's what it was. So I was wearing the green tights. Yeah. So we were we were dark brooding, and then all of a sudden chickens got introduced, and that went out the window. <laughs> We were yeah. no longer dark and brooding. We were adopting children and chickens and all this other stuff. And it wasn't until finally at the end where we had got our like our characters had one mission, and it was to kill vampires. We were we were a bad ripoff of Blade and Batman, <laughs> with a little bit of supernatural smeared in. There. Yeah, yeah, and no fanfics. So like, you you mentioned there's a third part because I I caught like I kind of came in. This is where I kind of started coming around the hive and you know meeting you guys. So I caught the tail end of a lot of this. Like I saw like folks, there is a miniature of what I can only be described as a chicken hydra or this massive yes. herd of chickens. <laughs> 
But I was also there for the tail end of Strahd, and you guys have to build the lead up to our dear friend Mike <laughs> summoning what is essentially Bahamut from the Final Fantasy series. So Mike's um, deity is Bahamut from Final Fantasy fourteen, which was trapped in a uh, artificial moon um, and basically kind of tortured, if I remember right. Is that kind of right? Yeah, he was tortured. Basically, he was on a vengeance path. Um, and so um, he, that was his patron. And I can't remember what was, oh yeah, we, we had this, we were trying to start a, a fair election in a, in a town. And me and I love Mike, how Bahamut is casually part of making a, a fair, fair election, election in a yeah, town. Yeah, fair and free election. Well, it was not fair and free. <laughs> so basically there was a mayor who was corrupt and me and Mike were um, basically interrogating him. And as you know, with, um, we were playing good cop, bad cop. Somehow I became the good cop. I don't know how that worked Still out. Still don't understand how that happened. He was the warlock. So um, basically what happened was I was over there. I was using his own hubris against him. Like, well, if you're such a you know great mayor, because he's like, I'm the only one who can lead this town in this direction. Well, if you're such a good mayor, why don't we, you know, why don't we prove it? If everyone votes for you, you're undeniably the, the the mayor of this town. You should be mayor for life. So he's like, okay, cool. And in the background, Mike is rolling. <laughs> and what happened was, Beck told them. That's how you know it's a good story. What happened See, was. See, what happened was, <laughs> he asked, can I talk to Bahamut? Beck threw out a random one number on the uh, D100. Yes. Said, if you roll this, you can talk to him. He rolled that number. Because Mike. Because, because Mike. Mike. So, we love you, Mike. So, um, Bahamut, <laughs> and Bahamut talks to him, and he's like, hey, we're, um, we're trying to make a fair election. Um, if these people, there was some other stuff there. I'm kind of getting kind of vague on it, but basically um, he somehow convinced Bahamut because Bahamut was full of rage and was like, cool, I'm going to come to this place and I'm going to destroy it. Um, Maybe he like told him he was being challenged by Strahd or something like that. I don't remember exact details because it was happening while I <laughs> yeah, was yeah. role playing out this uh, this interrogation. And Bahamut goes, "Cool, I got you, fam." So he basically sends everyone in the realm a vision of a giant meteor coming and crashing into the world. Even the Strahd, Strahd's freaking out like, "What the f is that? What just happened?" And so I told him, I was like, you know, we'll, we'll get you, a f we, let's do a free election. All of a sudden, meteor come down, Bahamut's, I'm going to kill you all. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I had the honor to be in the, the last session of that Curse of Strahd game. I was playing uh, his brother, Sergei. And I started mentioning things like, I, you know, okay, these are the like, common things that happen in Curse of Strahd. Like, in the first thing you mentioned, that the fact that in, in Curse of Strahd, he has three wives. Mm -hmm. So when I looked at you and went, did you deal with my brother's wives? The entire table went... He has wives. Yeah. <laughs> I look, I'm like, what did they do? <laughs> but men, talking about like eldritch deities and oh, such, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm running a game for, for some other friends of mine where they're dealing with the demon princes of the abyss. And uh, they, they managed to bring one down and kill it. Well, they, they, they killed, uh, killed one of them. But in Gerbsh, what are called a DI, Divine Intervention. It's made upon the time of your death. If you roll under a certain number, you basically, you get, you get resurrected. It's like a, a, a natural twin death save. On the other end of that, if you roll a failure, something bad happens for your opponent, but it's good for you. Okay. Well, it's a 3d6 system, so the lowest you can roll is a 3. The highest is a 18. The highest DI number is a 10. So between a 3 and an 18, a 10's, it's a 10's a pretty solid number. 
Well, a as a demon prince, it maxed out, so he gets a 10. So I take my dice cup, I shake it and turn it upside down, try to be dramatic, and I'm like, why do I think that there is a natural 18, a critical failure, underneath this cup right now? I'm like, no, there's no way. Reveal it, and I'm staring at three sixes. I'm like, okay, and yada yada, so I have this whole big thing, they summon in another one, and they start attacking it, bringing it down. I'm like, okay, you bring this one down. Like, there's no way this happens to slam it down. <laughs> I reveal the cup, another, I'm like, you, no. So what I'm saying, Dungeon Masters, is if you try to make it a million to one odds, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's yeah. going to happen. All you're going to do is find which one of your players is the one that hits that every time. Yes. Yeah. But but you mentioned the fact, like, how that just the chickens became an integral part. Yes. The the first game I ever played in, the Gerbs game got me back into, into D&D. They got me back into role-playing. I sat there with my buddy Patrick. He was the guy who's kind of uh, had been playing for a while. He wanted somebody to play with him, and they invited me, and I sat with him. And uh, my backstory was I was his cousin. We had been separated for some time. Our fathers had gone to war together. So I sit down, and the first thing we say to each other, I look at him and go, well, Karen, it's been a long time. He goes, damn, Balangar, you're ugly. Uh, how's your mother doing? She's dead. Oh, I'm glad. Me too. Bitch tried to poison me. And that was it. That was it. And we had our characters. Our GM looked at us and went, what is wrong with you two? But that that one little 30-second moment, we had our motivations, we knew our relationship, and we were good to go. And that that game lasted for almost like two and a half years. And yeah. it, it, there was so many stories from that game. We'll have to like write a book based on that game. Because that was the game where I was basically playing a paladin, but I ripped the guy's arm off, used it to intimidate his forces. Uh, <laughs> Pretty intimidating. There, there was one where we were attacked by basically this ancient demonic mind creature. It was inhabiting a small child. Uh, Patrick decapitated the kid. Oh, God. Uh, uh. But here's the thing. like people, You killed a child. I stepped up, went to pray for it, rolled a natural critical success. The crit I got was true resurrection. Re- pulled the child back across the, the, the river of death. And our, our Sammy came, welcome to the office of West Hill and West Hill. He takes them off. I bring them back. <laughs> was going to find a, a good place for it, but you brought up mothers. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a good segue. Since I you I'm brought up mothers, <laughs> um, I know we've mentioned George a few times. And by the way, he is one of my favorite people to play D&D exactly. with. Exactly. Yeah, like, he brings so much to a game or to, to running a game. Either way. I love playing with George. I was honored having that little one shot I did. I want to get him back. He was a great. I loved having him. So probably one of the worst things I've done to a player ever, I did to George um, when I was running a game for them. This is the game Matt was into and and Ashley. Um, So the the spiked punch bowl Royals party. Yeah. um, When this first started, before everyone got spiked, uh, there was a lot of role play going on because I had I had good backstories from everybody and. George had uh, his family, like a lot of his family was still alive, and his mother was a noble, okay. and she was at this party. <clears throat> they hadn't seen each other in a while, so they had this really good RP interaction, you know. I was, you know, playing George's mother. I almost said I was doing George's mother. I was playing George's <laughs> no, you're playing mother. playing father. You are playing his father. No, well, his mother was the one that was at the ball, because he spoke to his mother, and they, the last thing they said was they were going to get back together and go see his father or something like that, I believe. Okay, okay. I, I remember what happened on this because okay. what happened was you, it was his father. And you, they had this real 
you know, good role play moment. And then he was like, You're right. He yeah, asked I remember his, that. He now. asked his dad, he goes, Well, where's mother? And yeah, then, and that's so oh God. <laughs> he asked where his mother was, and uh, I could not remember her name. And I, I stumbled right there, and like there was this exchange, and George, you know, rightfully so, um, was, was, trying to get me to say his mother's name and, and I wasn't getting there and I finally I just looked at him uh, outside of the game and was like George your mother was just another in a long line of NPCs I cannot remember her name <laughs> <laughs> it was the tone you had with it too it was like she was just another in a long line of NPCs <laughs> yeah and um, it, it was like he's like you just call my mom a whore <laughs> Uh, so I would like to formally apologize to George's imaginary mother <laughs> again, uh, again, um, because that's probably the worst thing I've done to someone's NPC before. Oh my gosh, it was it, like George just went, "Wow!" The look on his face—that was the thing. So that's the first time I felt shame as a DM. <laughs> it was, it was so funny because it like, and it, it, he kept asking, kind of like. Hey, you know, trying to prod him, like let the DM go. Hey, maybe you should, you know, it's and, in my backstory. And I was avoiding a little bit because I couldn't remember her name. <laughs> like, I, I don't think I had my notes for some reason, and like I couldn't just go look at it, you know. No, what we did was what we did to you always is you had uh, so many hours planned out, and we guilt tripped you into exceeding Push that twice. That's yeah. What it was because twice I, the amount because I remember, yeah. So I would plan out like six maybe eight hours and they would regularly convince me to run 12 hour D&D sessions <laughs> oh yeah we were bad <laughs> and and I remember I think it was about the eight hour mark and everybody was like we still want to keep playing you know and I didn't have anything I had to do the next day so I was like okay guys but this is all improv from here forward <laughs> like what we were gonna do we've already done this is improv and you're right that's exactly what that's happened that's exactly what it's happened it's not my fault I forgot about it's your mom it's not your fault it was we we used to support <laughs> James man we tortured you so we started at a shop that James, uh, you weren't working there at the time. You were just volunteering? Yeah, I was just volunteering okay, to help them okay. out. They wanted to get the D&D scene moving, and I was trying to help establish that in their store. Yeah, and we started there, and then we moved, to, like, the, for some reason, they wanted us to, they're like, hey, okay, you got it started now. Go take it to your home. And James so graciously, and lived not that far away from it, James so graciously opened his home, and we took that as almost a permanent residency. <laughs> Which I was fine with. I like, yeah, yeah. I loved those weekends. They oh, yeah. Great. They, but we would, we would start at like six and we would go till like four in the morning yeah and yeah we just tortured oh, poor james and this was this was at a time when uh i was actually working at the church that i attended and like this was saturday night yeah. so like oh, i was going wow. to bed at like four thirty, five o'clock in the morning and then getting up to do church stuff and i like i'd have to go open the church and all that kind of stuff um and i remember one day i was sitting there and the pastor was lamenting about how you know it's 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 a lot to get up in front of people and talk for like an hour <laughs> uh, and he's, he said that and that's exactly what i did i laughed and he kind of looked at me you know and he's i was like that's funny he's uh -huh. like what it's like yeah uh, i ran a 12-hour session last night <laughs> so you you mentioned you know giving James the so we have a we have a mutual friend who goes here uh, named Smitty but I know him as Updar Farshadow I ran that up game Updar Updar I was making them what's up yeah, dog uh, yeah. I mean. oh okay <laughs> in this in this game though it, it was Updar Garolin and Targo Wargo. I love uh, that last name, Targo Wargo. Great. I love so, that name. They came to an area where there were these werewolf packs, like, you know, kind of hunting people. And they would, all their random encounters were werewolves. Well, 
that game, they were starting to like craft their own items and such. And one of the items they wanted was werewolf pelt. But the thing is, that when they would cure the cure, kill the werewolf, it would return to a normal human form. There was no fur. So at one point, they get a call from like the, like the main alpha, the, this big clan, and I'm laughing. And they look at each other, and they look at me and go, by the way, when we kill you, can you not change, not die so fast we can skin you? <laughs> and me out of game, my eyes just got big. And one of them leaned forwards and goes, yeah, five minutes ago, you thought you were the scariest thing in these woods, didn't you? <laughs> I love that. That why why do players always want to skin werewolves? I don't know. I, I'm starting a game in uh, in the Innistrad Magic: The Gathering setting, right? And there's tons of werewolves. And uh, we had zero session. Then we had session one, and lycanthropy was talked about. And immediately after the episode, there was a lengthy conversation to which I finally had to agree. I said, like, okay. If you cast Gentle Repose when it dies, <laughs> I will let you have time to skin it. I guess because everybody, everybody wants that werewolf pelt rug just in front of the fireplace. That's... Uh, it's just the, the international symbol of badassdom, I guess. But another, one of my favorite updars, well, it wasn't it wasn't updar, it was a Smitty character. He was playing as this dwarven character. And this was my big, like, 12-person game. So it was, it was chaos to start with. Well, one of the characters got hurt and, you know, was, you know, kind of, like, starting to die and all that. Well, Smitty was playing a cleric. But in GURPS, you can basically, there's no like only wizard spells, only bard spells. You can pick whatever spells you want. And all his spells were battle-based. He had no healing magic. (laughs) But nobody else knew that. So he proceeds to take his, what he called his blessed warhammer, and starts to try to heal this character by jamming the warhammer in the open wound and wiggling it around. Oh, God. And, like, he's rolling natural critical successes for attacks. This poor kid is failing health checks. And finally he dies. In character, he stands up and goes, well, I healed him. He's dead. He's not dying anymore, is he? (laughs) Some medics are only there to make you feel better as you die. (laughs) So, um... In that last campaign, so I I, I think we're going to – we're getting kind of close to time, so I want to finish with a couple of stories. Oh, yes, 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 yes. So have you ever had an instance where there's become a legend based off of one instance in a game that just keeps going and growing and growing to where you end up with nicknames? Yep. No? There has? Okay. Oh, yeah. So, for sure. I got to tell mine. So James was DMing this campaign we're talking about. I feel targeted. <laughs> well, it's not your fault, to be fair. Um, sort of. So <laughs> what happened was I was uh, playing a uh, ranger. Uh, his first, first D&D character. And, you know, I came from a video game background. So I tried to loot everything. You know, I, yeah. you know, I played Diablo. It's loot, 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 yeah. loot, 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 loot. So, you know, me and another character, I don't remember who it was, but we got separated from the group, um, and I don't think it was by choice. Something happened, and we were trying to make our way to the group or to a meeting point, and we were accosted by vampires. And so we killed them, and James, like the whole group got separated. It was like a fog of war thing going on. Like literally, there was a lot of fog. So our groups got separated, and... It was a pretty big group. It was like eight people. Yeah, I think we had pared down the 14-person table to eight at that point. Yeah. So it was eight-group table, which, yeah. you know, five to six is kind of where you want it. Yeah. Um, so it was a little big, and there were a lot of really big personalities. So <laughs> there was a lot of um, managing that James had to do. So 
me and the other person, I don't remember who it was at this time, but we got separated. We killed the vampires, and I'm like, like he was shifting to the other side. I was like, wait, 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 wait. I want to, I want to loot them. And he goes, okay, you find tube stake on them. A little backstory. My character was the group's cook at that time. So when I heard tube steak, I thought maybe they had like sausage in a casing. Well, I was right and wrong at the same time. <laughs> it was definitely sausage in a casing. Look, that is a, di- a colloquial dialect from my generation. I do understand yeah. that it hadn't been heard before. No, I have never heard that term before in my life. So I was like, I take it. James giggled and moved on. <laughs> Taking so, notes for later. <laughs> so later we um, we're we're kind of in a safe spot, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna cook for the group, and I was like, hey, I'm gonna cook, and he's like, what are you gonna cook? And I was like, I'm gonna cook the tube steak. <laughs> the look <laughs> on the party's faces, <laughs> and you're like, you're gonna do what? I was like, I'm gonna cook the tube steak. Because you, you, you I, I have to ask. Because part of me, James, like I know, like you know, a tube steak. Oh, I tell you, okay. You didn't actually think he meant he took. Like you thought he was in on the joke, or did you think he actually he picked up the tube steak? Like I, I really thought, like because again, it's a very common term, yeah. you know, for us, you know. But no, it's not. <laughs> for people of my age, it was a common term. Like I, I just thought he was being funny oh, because yeah. I was being sarcastic, yeah. right? Uh, <laughs> what? But didn't like. Read it. He rolled really high. Like he <laughs> like he seasoned the shit out of this stuff, right? Yeah, I think And no. then like like Matt knows he did a good job because he got a good yeah, roll. No he one knows. Would eat it. <laughs> no no one, would, one would he's like trying to pass plates out and everybody's just like <laughs> looking at him head cocked to the side like I'm I'm not eating that. <laughs> uh, then he told me and I was like, Okay. Bet. I see how this is. I see how this is. So James is big bad evil guy. This is how he got me back. Oh god! And we were escaping on like a flying uh, airship or something like that. And so I asked him. I said, "So how does my? Because I had a gun at the time. Because we went, we we planar traveled and yeah. we went to a steampunk world, and I got guns. Yeah, I like got a blunderbuss. I, I got to know was. it was a fifty caliber sniper rifle. Oh, okay. So um, I asked him. I said, "How's it work?" And you explained it. And it's basically magical projectile. I said, "Okay, so." I can shoot pretty much anything. Yeah, sure. He used it like a blunderbuss. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I loaded the yes, tube my steak. Ma- my big BBEG. <laughs> I loaded the tube steak and I fired and hit him directly in the face with. Tube he steak. fired this flop missile at my main bad guy. How much psychic damage does one Tarion smack by orc tube steak? All of it. All the vampire. Excuse me. Sorry, sorry. Did you, um, did you ever watch Jackass 3D? I, I, I'm not I'm okay. So if you've ever watched it, there's a scene that this will. When you see it, it will make you go, "Okay, that was the visual <laughs> image of what happened." That I have never had a whole table had the exact same visual image at the same time. But, but we're, so that's the setup for the story. So a couple of days later, I go into the shop, and I think you were working there at this time. Yeah, I think at this I'd time started you were working, working there, time. and I walk in, and somebody I've never met in my life looks at me, goes, ha, 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 tube steak. And I'm like, what? (laughs) For the record, I never told any, I promised to never reveal that it was Matt. Like, I would occasionally tell the story. Who was it? It was Mike. Mike did it. Mike told him it was you. Of course it's Mike. It was not me. It was Mike. I mean, I told the story, but Mike was like, ha, ha, Matt. (laughs) So, yeah, like, for months... I would come up to the shop and people would laugh at me, put their hand on my shoulder, shake me, and go, ha ha, tube tube steak, steak, that's funny. I'm like, who are you people? (laughs) How do you know me? I I finally, the tube steak went away. It kind of like went out of its way. That happens after a little while. Yeah, after a little while. But I was known as the tube steak guy for a long time. (laughs) 
I mean, to be fair, if it's there for more than four a, hours, you should seek help anyway. I, look, I'm just gonna tell you guys, I'm I'm not a tube steak guy. You know, I'm just not the 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 unadulterated just like shock on your wife's face right now. I love That's it. That. It's great. So I yeah. I have I have two. I what well, you can pick. I either have the um. Uh, the the how I made fruit juice in your campaign. I would love one. to hear that. I don't know what the other one is, but I love okay, that. What's one. the other one? Give okay. us the, the other one. I is, have enough time to tell okay. both. The other one and is I got one. That I want you to tell that it's going to be a little bit different. It's more real life RPG. Do you know what I'm talking about? Are you Taco talking about Bell? I, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah Taco yeah, Bell. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. All right. Are you okay with still last? Oh, absolutely. Yes. The other one I have is from my Natural One Games. Is how Montel got his name. Okay. Okay. I want to hear that too. Let's hear that one first. Because I want some surprise yeah. from both of us, and then I want to hear the one that happened in your campaign okay, about. Okay, so, all right, so in, in my Natural Ones game, this is before we started streaming it, uh, the, the player's name is Mike, y'all call him Stormy. I didn't know his name at the time. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of like how he, they, they come to this area in a small town called Lamtra, and it turns out that this had, it had been run by three hags who are basically using the children as like, as like uh, it was an orphanage, and they were like silly children as slaves, this, that, and the other. Well, the leader was a blood hag. Which is basically just a little bit of a souped-up hag. So, Mont, uh, so Michael's character, no, not Michael, uh, Storm. I, I, I don't, I don't want to call him except Montel. So, Montel's character uh, goes in, <laughs> snit stealthily, uh, and he thinks he's doing great. He's moving along, gets to the the basement, rolls his stealth, and rolls a natural one. Oh no! Oh no! And so the blood hag sees him. Uh, and knocks him out. He wakes up strapped to the wall. Uh, just completely in prison, and uh, I'm like, and she, you know, she has an ability where literally uh, she rips your face off. Oh, face off the yeah, your face comes off face like full off. Nicolas Cage. Yeah, face okay, off. that's a joke I'm making. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I want to take his face. Well, here's the thing, <laughs> and it basically it does massive damage to you, but the DC is so low. It's like a DC 13 save. Uh, just when you're trying to like to, to resist her. Yeah, a little head bobbing. Yeah, just basically that. So bobbing. I. Uh, you know, I go, okay, so, you know, make the, make your save. And he goes, well, that's only, I goes, well, I rolled a 10. <laughs> but, that, hmm. wait, uh, okay, I'm about to kill the, then somebody goes, no, dude, your modifiers, you're proficient at all that. He goes, oh, okay, in that case, I have a 14. I'm like, oh, thank God. Because this was like his, one of his first times playing with us. I didn't want to kill him that first time. <laughs> welcome to D&D. You yeah, died. Yeah, welcome to D&D. You died. So, uh, like I said, you resist. There's a noise upstairs. The other party members rush in. He manages to free himself. As he rushes up the stairs, the blood, had a blood, blood hag appears and grabs him. And then looks at me. I go, okay, Montel, your turn. What do you do? I go, so she's got me grappled? Yeah. She goes, cool. I kiss her. What? What? I, just full of the mouth, French tongue. I kiss the blood hag. Oh God! I, I as a dungeon master, I, I have a rule. I will not try to kill my players. I will not save them from stupidity. Yeah. But as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, this. T- I mean, he's a bard. He's trying to do a shock thing to stun her. I'm like, okay, I will give him. He. Everybody gets one. You get that one time. I will save you. Here's your one. Here's your one. I'm like, okay, Montel. I want you to roll me a charisma check. You're trying just to. He rolls a natural 20. I'm just like, this is where he gets the 20. Natural 20. I'm like, okay. So you're trying, you're your overbearing person. You're your person. I was just trying to, like, cool. She has a plus seven to her wisdom saves. I'll roll this in front. Natural one. 
Oh, God. Montel, as you press your lips to hers, she is so taken aback. She just literally steps back. I'm like, well, she at the top of the stairs. Fuck. So she steps back, falling down the flight of stairs oh, yes. into the basement. Yes. <laughs> like, okay, that's like, it's like 15 feet. So it's like two dice. And she takes like, you know, 12 points, slams in. Montel, what do you do? I shut the door in front. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most barred thing I've ever heard in my life. And so from that moment, I'm like, you know what? I don't care what his name is. To me, this is Montel. And so like, people call him Mike. They call him Stormy. Nah, that is my Montel. I love, and he has done so much. Like recently, he just gave up being a bard to become a warlock. Just it's great. I love it. That moment of you do what, <laughs> and he got away with it. Was it was cool because he wasn't trying to do anything. Weird. It was just a, I, I kiss her. Now the next time he did it, it almost killed him. It didn't last. Didn't go very well. <laughs> What you, I mean, what do you get when you kiss him that has a poison touch? I mean, he. Yes, yeah, that's, that's not thankfully, a great idea. The, thankfully, the 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 sorcerer you know brought him back. He, he yeah. did not die from that one. But but yeah, that was the to me that is my how Montel got his name. That's, that's great. great. Uh, so Taco Bell. Um, <laughs> I have made poor decisions in my life, and this one is up there. Uh, so there was a point in my life where we did some LARPing. I. I'll admit it, it happened. Uh, for the listeners who do not know, LARPing stands for Live Action Role Playing. Yes. Um, and we LARPed a game called Vampire the Masquerade. <laughs> uh, and in this game, there is a clan of vampires called the Malkavians. And they are basically uh, mentally unstable individuals. Yeah, you'd be a Malkavian. What? <laughs> you were Malkavian, weren't you? I, I would, yeah, in the game yeah. I was, for sure. <laughs> no, I'm saying, I knew you would pick Malkavian. I did, I did. I like, I like, well, look, I, I like, in They're my great. in my fantasy roleplay experience, I like to go a little bit outside of where I'm comfortable in my everyday life. Yeah, and of I, course. And I try to at least appear sane and normal in my everyday life as much as I can. <laughs> um, so, I, I, when I played this, uh, full face makeup, um, long-haired wig, Big trench coat, like the whole nine yards. Um, I'm just, I, I'm a very visual person. There so were pictures. I think I found them all and got rid of them. We have, we, we have got to make a Twitter and we will issue a reward for these pictures to if show them. If anyone has them, it is Jeff Little because I clearly remember taking one that night coming down the stairs at his house. So have at it. But I am completely, <laughs> completely in gear, right? And at some point, our group wound up finding their way into Taco Bell. Um, and through a series of unfortunate calls of character and decisions, I wound up on top of a table uh, and got kicked out. I know for a fact, for like a couple of years, there was a sign at the Taco Bell in Brookhaven, Mississippi, that read, Vampires Not Welcome. And if you've ever looked at a warning and went, how the hell did that get there? For those who've seen that in the Brookhaven Taco Bell, that is why they do not service vampires. Again, there. if somebody out there just because uh, if you saw Laurel's room and took a picture of it, we would love to see that picture. Please send it to so, us. I will find you. If, if I remember right, wasn't it because there was a rival 
uh, vampire clan that was in the Taco Bell yes. at the same time? Uh, so some gangrels showed up, right? Oh, oh uh, gosh. We didn't truck with those guys. No. You know, we had to represent. <laughs> we got some West Side Story shit going yeah. on over here. I love it. <laughs> look, look, my, my, my boy was bowdy bowdy, all right? I was not fisting to put up with no gangrels getting chalupas in my neighborhood. <laughs> we, we ride or die at this coven. Right? <laughs> Uh, not appreciated by Taco Bell. Did y'all? I mean, at that point, y'all y'all definitely broke the masquerade rule. Which, which rule? The, the exposing the yourself. Exposing, you know, they, I know they that. No vampires. To... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should, should... Turns out the rule's really there to keep you from getting banned from restaurants. <laughs> That's why that rule is there. Uh, <laughs> We started eating at Bumpers as a vampire clan. Um, in your cars? Yes, yes. We had to drive to Bumpers. Well, it was safer in the cars because no one got on top of tables. Uh, if stuff popped off, we would just roll out, you know? But I do have a D&D related story of when we're at your old house. I mean, I saw a bunch of wizards get kicked out of Walmart one time when I was in college. I want to hear that. But what happened was, so James neighbors had a business that was a car wash and if you've ever seen breaking bad yeah and you know why he purchased it's it's true yeah um, because well maybe mm, <laughs> let's back it up because i don't want to i don't want so it may get out there so mm, see i didn't grow I up in, i didn't grow up in brookhaven I, yeah let's skip this one too <laughs> all of my let's crimes that research statute i mean uh, <laughs> uh cut all that what was so, the other thing you mentioned this a different one it was the the Taco Bell and something else. Because I, I had the fruit juice story from your game. Right? The fruit juice, yeah. And let's go to the, let's also, move on to the fruit, fruit right, juice so, and the wizards. Okay, so <laughs> so uh, it was it was the first it was actually the first game I was ever in that you ran and it was really fun. I was playing a, a bard and. It was in an area where, like, uh, it was like coffee and stuff. But we went to this one, this one noble's house, and the way you describe—okay, I want to describe to you the exact way James described it to me, because this family is known for like you know coffees and fruits and that. They had, know, a, they had a, a, a farm. It was that, winery, that, that, winery, yeah, 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 yeah. winery. Uh, and he said, so in the corner is this large. It's a uh, like a wooden, uh, like a wooden cabinet. On the top is this like large bronze. Fluted. You used the word funnel, okay? You said large bronze funnel, uh, and there is a there's a hand crank on the side of it. Well, I have seen old style wine presses where you pour the new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where my mind goes to. I was trying to describe it in a way for someone who wasn't familiar with what it was. Okay. Intentionally. Yeah, like because I I know what a Victrola is. I used to sell them. Um, so I go, is there, I go, was there a fruit bowl? Yes, a fruit bowl. So I go collect the fruit bowl. I pour all the fruits into this, what I think is a funnel. And then, okay, I'm going to turn the crank real fast. Starts cranking away. cranking as hard as I can. Uh, think, no, no, you, you say, well, there's a swallow. Okay, I'm going to hit the switch. And then I begin to hear music. Muted. <laughs> Muted music because of the fruit. <laughs> It was, a, it was a music box, huh? Yeah, it, was a really a big, it was a Victrola. Oh, Here's the thing, though. I don't know though. what Victrola is. This is not where the story ends. Oh, no. So later on, we were gifted like a wand of firebolt or something, and you have the guy demonstrated by pointing at the Victrola and just casting it, which it explodes. I go, I walk over to it, okay? Is, is the funnel still there? Yeah, I pick it up. And pour the juice out of it. <laughs> Walk away going, I got my fruit juice, damn it. <laughs> yeah, he was trying he was trying to make like a fruit juice, like it was a blender. <laughs> 
hands cranking away on that head. It was a very muted You should have kept it. It's like, you want some fruit juice? <laughs> Do you remember when we almost made Missy wreck going down to Biloxi? When we invented car oh, D&D? Car you had oh, done car yes. D&D before that. Okay. And you're like, we should play it. And no one wanted to. And I'm like, yeah, let's play it. So it was me and you and George DM'd. Poor George. <laughs> we, got, we got to buy him a fruit basket or we something. Need, we need to do something for him. <laughs> Just we don't really put it in the Let's see. What, what is a flower delivery thing? Let's get on that right now. No, we should do the fruit delivery. <laughs> yeah, we should do fruit delivery. <laughs> but sorry. <laughs> so it was... Um, and you you remember this character because you played in the one shots to Gandhi at, his, at James's new house, right? I, I don't think I did. I played, no. You weren't in that. No, I, I was. I played Thunk. No, I was not in that. No. Oh, were you there for that? I was not. <sighs> you missed out. Yeah, we'll we'll have to do some more stuff with uh, Thunk and Santiago. But basically, um, <laughs> I played a character, and of course, this went into my goofy side. I played a character that was uh, had like the lowest intelligence that you could to be able to actually have some sort of thought yeah. process, and. Um, James played the uh, seductive, mysterious bard known as Santiago. Oh, One of Santiago. my favorite characters for both of us. Yes. And um, eventually we, we, we've created whole backstories between them and two. But <laughs> it got to, like, my goal was to, because there was no consequences with this game. It was card d And basically we played with real modified, simplified rules. Yeah, where, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, if you had, like, a strength modifier, you just kind of added one or something yeah. like that. Just for quick math. Gotcha. And all that. So, basically, by the end of it, um, we were going down the highway, and I don't remember what exactly happened, but we almost wrecked. And Missy is probably that one of the was b- the reference you were meaning yesterday. Yeah, yeah. 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 It was Missy's one of the, the safest drivers of the group. Uh, yeah, very good driver. She drives a lot, um, and like to the point where if James and Missy are going the same place, James is like mm, she's driving. I'm not saying James is a bad driver. It's just that she has a lot of experience driving. Yeah. Also, I hate driving. Also, that too. I, you know, that's for you to share. But yeah, um, we almost made a wreck <laughs> on the way. We're on our way to a um, place down in Biloxi called uh, the Wayward Kraken. Wayward Kraken, which was a fantastic. Did you ever yeah, go there? I, I never went there. I heard about it. I never went there. It's it good. A, it's closed now. Yeah. It's such a fantastic restaurant that opened. Um, the guy was like a professional chef. Some of the best food we ever Very had. Very good. Um, unfortunately, it just kind of whittled down to like nothing but it was it was such a good restaurant i wish it was still there yeah so uh any more anyone got any more stories well the thing is you you guys have uh you know talking about like you've got santia i have one who's his name was antonio cobalt uh so there was a time where he decapitated himself and used his head as a flaming bowling ball uh he resurrected a man with whisk with a bottle of whiskey a worm and a pearl uh my invisible brother frenchie uh, we just had different mothers, not the same fathers, but there was that one incident where the dog made him invisible, and I changed that story. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. The dog made him invisible? I changed that story every time. Uh, <laughs> it's like, I have so many stories. That, that's an entire, like, that, you have to be like, that's the entire thing by itself. But the the, the one I'm going to end with is one that's talking about LARPing. Uh, it was, I was in college. I think when I was in college, this was the only time, it was probably, it was either when Half-Blood Prince or Deathly Hallows was coming out, because I was in college. That's about, I think that's the Anyway, I was in Walmart late one night. Uh, I was getting stuff from my, my dormitory, and all of a sudden, I start hearing, 
Oops. No. And people start running. Well, I mean, look, I, I'm a big guy. There's not much that I'm scared of. And I'm like, what? Is that a... I started smelling smoke. So I'm like, crap, there's a fire. In my mind, I, I'm the, I want to help. So I start rushing mm-hmm. toward... There are like eight... I'm gonna call them. There are eight little shits. Uh, <laughs> these kids were at most 16 years old. Wow. Running up and down the aisles in the freaking 49 Walmart in Hattiesburg. Oh, I know, I know that one. That's a rough one. With with Roman candles in the store. In the store, firing off at each other. Oh God. One guy there, apparently it was a whole big like sucks. One guy's filming it. But like like they're firing off like and it's Can we I, find that video? <laughs> we gotta find it. We'll, we'll do it after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's I don't even know, because the thing is, as I'm going to leave, HPD is like rushing in in full tack gear. Oh yeah. So like the, the these guys, I'm like, I'm just gonna get I'm gonna get my lucky charm. I'm gonna get out of here. I don't want any of it. Me and my cereal going on. I'm getting my cereal going. I'm a muggle right now, my friend. I'm a muggle. I got no ma- <laughs> I don't know well, Hogwarts. What's Hogwarts? Is that some some venereal disease? I don't know what's happening right now. It, but these they it was literally like because they would just fire like you would see they would drop one, pull another, light it, and keep going. They were trying to go to jail. Oh, they probably did end up in jail. Let's think because like the last episode we did was that that kind of the dark that that like that darker part of it, and now you get to sit and go, yeah, look, yeah, that was happening. But at the end, this is a game. This is a lifestyle. This is it makes people happy. It brings people close together. I've made so many friends through Dungeons and Dragons and through TTRPG, and just the people I meet meet online now because I interact via D and D is is ridiculous. And this this Us. whole thing, not yes. just friendships, lasting lasting friendships. friendships. Yeah. Look. Me and James, the, we met at that first D&D game because I walked in and he puts his stuff down and he goes, hi, I'm your DM. And my life has never been the same since. I don't <laughs> I, know if that's a I good like thing. I would like to apologize. <laughs> or a bad thing, yeah. And I mean, you know, because of the hive, you know, we met, we've, we've met each other. Yeah, it's um, like the, my, I love the fact the first time I see the two of you, it was on freaking on YouTube during oh. the God Day. <laughs> And I was I'm like, sorry to disappoint you. I was a little starstruck. I'll be honest. Like, oh, <laughs> I'm sorry to disappoint you. You know, the, the real thing is just not nearly as good as the the persona online. I'm sorry. Uh, it's all right. Uh, I'll like my the real agent. thing. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. I mean, you're you're exactly right, man. It, it's created lasting friendships. Um, it it has literally changed my life projection. Um, you know, I don't, I wouldn't be sitting here, um, in this building if it wasn't for a friend of mine, uh, saying, Hey, have you seen this thing called critical role? I've been watching it. Let's play D and D. And I went and bought the starter set and that's what got me to know James. So I'll be honest that like, if it wasn't for that D and D game where you and I met this place wouldn't have happened. Yeah. That's yeah. See, and that, as it had, I may get a little teary eyed on this one. If, if on I, because it was, I, I met, the first time I ever met you was at Elder Dragon for that. It was that Modern Horizons 2 event. Yep. And you mentioned y'all do Commander on Sundays. I'm like, I ain't going on on Sundays. And I drove out, I drove the hour and a half to Macomb to some little weird, like, I'll be honest, I was getting like, you know, on on the compound vibes from your house when yeah, I first Yeah, because like we were, we were running the business out of my house <laughs> yeah. at that time. Yeah, because we, we, we had problems with getting the building. Four buildings we went yeah. through before we got here. 
And they're through that, like just talking to you guys and just, and then, you know, I, I started doing the TikTok and stories and now it's a freak out a freaking podcast and this place is amazing. And just it. I remember that first night at our house. Um, actually, I, I had the conversation after we left Elder Dragon. Uh, that guy, that guy needs to be involved in our, in our social media stuff. Um, he, he can do this. Like, and, and uh, I would also like to point out that I was right. So there. <laughs> For fine, once. fine. You get you get one, James. You, you get one. one. I'm taking it. That one's mine. <laughs> well, I I believe that's it, folks. We we've had a lot of laughs, a lot of stories, a lot of idiocy shared back and forth. Uh, we we've learned that apparently a we- even a well seasoned tube steak is uneatable. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and that that that's why we do this, folks. These friendships we've made over a silly over a silly tabletop game, and it it's amazing how I mean it's it's a brother in arms type thing. Yeah. Uh, and I hope you folks are out there listening to us, using this information, <laughs> going out, you know, making your own making your own games, enjoying and having fun, and building these relationships that that bridge that break through boundaries. And that's exa- that's that's the best thing about this this entire genre of games. And I guess with that, I'm. Kenneth Moffat, a.k.a. Southern D&D. And I'm James at The Hive. And I'm Matt. Bye, nerds. <laughs> our, our tech goblin with that. We just want to say um, whatever you folks do, be good to each other, especially in this time. Later. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs>